Welcome to another exciting episode of NIDS Knowledge, a weekly show of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies, where we are advancing peace, promoting stability, and helping you to think deterrence. Each week, we inform you about a deterrence topic and its value in preserving peace. We hope you enjoy this show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is your host, Jim Petrosky on the NIDS Podcasting Network. I hope you will find this show informative and entertaining as you continue to think deterrence. Today will be the first of two installments addressing the concept of fallout. Back when I was in the Army basic training, I understood fallout was a command that meant we were done for the day, except for scrubbing everything in the bathroom, rolling all of our socks into little balls and stuffing them into a locker, writing a heartwarming pre-formatted letter home, and shining the floors with wax to the point that it was so slippery that we would often fall when we were running outside when the drill sergeants were yelling at us for committing the egregious act of sleeping. Hey, maybe that's why the command was fallout, come to think of it. However, now that I'm a nuclear engineer, I understand that most people that refer to fallout are referring to nuclear fallout, which is probably what you're most interested in. So here goes. Now, I would admit up front that the concept of fallout is confusing mainly because of a misunderstanding of how things become radioactive and then what happens after things become radioactive. This confusion is mostly perpetuated by Hollywood screenwriters who would make you believe that everything radioactive glows green and causes your pets, neighbors, and colleagues to grow extra appendages and swat at airplanes. But this is just foolishness, as we all know radioactive things glow a light yellow. No, seriously, today I will present how things become radioactive, and then in part two, I will discuss what happens afterwards, while ignoring that swatting at airplanes part. As always, I start with a simple definition, but not a fallout, but rather nuclear radiation. Nuclear radiation is energy that moves from one place to another as electromagnetic waves or subatomic particles. A good example of electromagnetic waves is what you experience when you're next to a fire on a cold night. You almost instinctively raise your hands toward the fire and the surface of your hand gets heated. When that occurs, you should note that the air around your hands is not heated, but your hands are. This is because energy is carried through the air to your hands from the burning materials in the form of infrared radiation waves. Your hands absorb it, and you perceive the energy deposition as heat. In the case of subatomic particles, primarily neutrons, protons, electrons, and alpha particles, this process is akin to the energy transfer to your hand when a person throws a fastball to you and you catch it. You perceive the energy deposition as a sharp pain and heat as you completely forget to tag Freddie Murkowski out at second base, making you the laughingstock of the entire fifth grade. That's likely why I'm an engineer and not a baseball player. An atom is radioactive when it emits energy, as I just described. This happens because the atom is unstable, either because it has too much energy or it's configured with the wrong balance of protons and neutrons in its nucleus. Energy, in the form of waves or subatomic particles, is then released until the atom becomes stable. In other words, no longer radioactive. This occurs naturally on Earth. Many atoms are naturally unstable, 
emitting radiation based upon how they were initially formed. This has occurred since the beginning of time, not from nuclear testing, and will occur naturally for a very long time. Examples of instability occurring on Earth include radon, tritium, carbon-14, uranium, and Congress, although this last one has never been stable as far as we know. This still does not answer the question of how the waves and particles become radioactive or begin emitting the waves and particles following a nuclear weapon detonation. To keep from going too deep, I will ignore any natural radioactive materials either naturally or from initially in the uranium or plutonium in the fuel, since the amount of radiation from these will quickly become irrelevant when the bomb detonates. To make the bomb detonate, many neutrons are generated, which interact with the fuel, causing the uranium or plutonium nuclei to split, or fission, and release the energy of the detonation. Since the result of fission is a random process, the two or more pieces of nucleus referred to as fission fragments, are unlikely to have a stable number of protons and neutrons. So the fragments immediately begin emitting radiation and continue to do so until they reach a stable configuration. This process of radioactive decay could be extremely short or extremely long, depending on the initial random configuration of protons and neutrons. This is part of the material that makes up fallout. However, there's another process that results in radioactive fallout. During the detonation, and even a little bit afterwards, many neutrons escape from the fuel and get absorbed in the nuclei of the materials around it. Since we assume the surrounding atoms and nuclei were mostly stable before detonation, the added neutron makes them unstable. In other words, they become radioactive. This last part is very interesting because it has consequences related to the location of the detonation. If the detonation is on the ground, neutrons make the bomb fuel casing, materials, and the dirt around it radioactive, making a large amount of fallout. In the air, there is less to interact with, and the radioactive material is primarily from the fuel in the bomb casing. In other words, there's much less radioactive material and less fallout. So there you have it. You know how a nuclear detonation makes materials radioactive. It may also dispel some Hollywood-generated misconceptions, such as microwave ovens make your food radioactive. Not possible. No neutrons. I actually saw that on a sitcom. That your bones are radioactive from a dental x-ray. Not possible. No neutrons. This was evidence in a TV law show. And that all radiation comes from nuclear testing. Testing an argument made in an episode from your favorite space adventure TV show. In my next show, I will discuss what happens after the fallout is created. And lastly, for the record, Freddie Murkowski played in the minor leagues. I believe I had much to do with his success, yet he's never given me credit. Thank you for listening to NIDS Knowledge. This show is produced under the NIDS Podcasting Network, a division of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies. NIDS is a 501c3 organization dependent upon donations to provide this podcast and bring about awareness of the peacekeeping value of U.S. strength and our national deterrence. You can catch all of our podcasts or provide feedback at thinkdeterrence.com. 
I would like to thank our producer, Kimberly Charrington, our sponsors, and all the fantastic members of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies for making this podcast possible. Stay tuned next week for another exciting and informative NIDS knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies.